Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Uttang dhammang sangang namasami So I'm aware as well as you are that uh, this particular session is uh, coming towards a closure for most of us. So without wishing to uh, detract from the quality of the uh, retreat, uh, it's it's actually... um, take some of the quality of the retreat and uh, the models are being presented and uh, review them in terms of uh, yeah, uh, other contexts mm. so and to be specific relationships relational context other human beings so here the relational context being quite minimal it's be there we gather together, we share together with bodies move around um, past each other, you know, in a kind of sense of cooperative uh, spaciousness and that's, uh, and we maintain a certain uh, unified field around precepts and uh, uh, meetings. Mm. And then, so that's, that's a very, can be very helpful uh, skeleton framework you know. so there's both the uh, say the form the precepts you know retreat center silence certain do's and don'ts that we hold in common uh, the unified field within that local subfields which is each each individual's own particular karmic thing happening or you know and an allowance and acceptance and a respect for that to not be interfering or comparing or judging or forcing people to be all the same or something like that and to be aware that that's happening also just to bear in mind that one is allowed to feel what one's feeling in fact it's encouraged to, it's not a conformist situation, it's a harmony situation. Harmony situation means there are certain basic ground rules that, that supervise the whole field and within that differentiation, distinct differences, yeah, that's good because then you, you actually learn how those the, your own differences can be held within a larger field and they sort of settle or clarity arises, you get insights into what you don't need to be <laughs> and what you do need to encourage. Yeah? So you don't need to be pressurized, you don't need to be a success, you don't need to be the best, you don't need to be yeah, uh, carrying stuff. Um, yeah. You don't need to be, you know, 
worrying or concerning yourself unduly about other people. Mm? You don't need to be trying to make other people happy or comfortable or something. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean uh, that, yeah, you kind of, what is not necessary, what is necessary, and yeah, what is helpful to live within a field with differentiations in it, to maintain a sense of empathy, uh, sensitivity, uh, kindness, goodwill, to the, throughout the whole field, internally, externally, in one's heart, you know, with oneself, with one's memories, one's inner people, and with the outer people. So that is that is necessary. Now, the quality of metta doesn't mean you have to change anybody to make them happier. Yeah, if they, yeah, it's great if they do. That's obviously we'd like that, but we can't ask that. We can say, well, whatever you're in, you know, may you be well with that and compassion and so forth. So you get a sense of a, a unified field, or a, and these differentiations within it, and you, you respect both of those. And both of those are not self. Um, so, you know, the uh, quality of the unification is uh, a corporate agreement that probably, you know, none of us entirely happy with in an unbroken way, you know. <laughs> Every nice to occasionally to have a chat or do something else. No, 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 no. You know, or to not have a f- formal meeting or to have more or less or whatever, you know, it's a subtle thing, but it's, it's, it's okay. You can maintain that, but it's not self. It's no one person having it her way or his way. So that, and yeah, we can all probably, yeah, incline to that. The differentiation, that is a sense of distinctness that should also be cultivated in line of not-self. Just what is a skillful intention? Not my opinion. Or, you know, what is a skillful intention now within this field? To be open, to be attentive, to be you know, aware of the potency for skillful or unskillful dhammas to arise and to be watchful and to very much encourage and incline towards the skillful dhammas because these will actually deepen the sense of harmony. Unskillful dhammas will always uh, fragment, lead to arrogance or conceit, pride, dismissiveness, comparisons, contrasting, conflicts, disagreements, wounds, and so forth. They lead to non-harmony. So, yeah, and harmonious ones are those which lead to a sense of, okay, we can be with this. Mm-hmm. I can manage this. Mm. It can settle. 
So this model, uh, a field and a differentiation, what is the essential differentiation principle? The first principle is viveka, which means instead of I want it this way or that way, it couldn't, shouldn't be like this, but unhook, step back. How is this? Uh-huh. And look out for the signs of when, what activations are occurring. Do I feel fed up, uh, dismissed, uh, irritated, uh, happy, worried, concerned? Hmm. How do I find harmony with that? Where does harmony occur with that? Widen the field, feeling the body. Hmm. It's like this now. Feels like this now. Now that's a differentiation based upon not exactly stepping out of the field, not, but staying within it, but actually disengaging one's, one's wishes and preferences within that. Just, okay, it's like this now. I'd like it to be like that, but it's like this. Hmm, how is that? Can one sustain that and see what that brings up? What shifts it allows? What, what, when we come to that place of disengage, not dissociate, but just lift from the scenario. Uh-huh. How is this what's helpful here to allow harmony? Maybe just taking one's time. Maybe just being more patient. Maybe just a little more generosity of heart. Maybe just a little more groundedness in the body. Maybe just a little more openness of acceptance of differences. Yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, these are not. These are kind of responses that can come from a disengagement that is there to allow harmony to arise in the field. It means maybe I have to let go of my particular preference right now. Is that okay? Not yet. <laughs> Give me a few moments. Uh, uh, working on it. What, help, what helps me to let go of that? There's my body, breathing in, breathing out. Things are going to change. I'm going to die. <laughs> Life goes on. Uh-huh. And having followed this preference, where does it go? Push, drive. Just maybe just step back and aim for, first of all, harmony. And see what will arise from that. Have faith that from the place of harmony in the field, potencies can occur, potencies can arise, potentials can arise by themselves without me making them happen.
Because we're in living fields, fields are alive, they're dynamic. When I say living, I mean they're dynamic. Yeah. They have all kinds of potencies in them, as you know. They're full of activities and feelings and funny riffles and strange moods and sweeps and swings and stuff going on. They're like that. They have a tremendous amount of potential in them. Could it be possible that if one maintained an inclination, dispassionate inclination towards just holding the entire field with harmony, some of those potentials might just work by themselves, have their conversations with each other, figure, th- let you know, work it out, <laughs> and have having said their say, oh, complete. <laughs> is this what meditation is? To some degree, isn't it like that? Cultivation isn't something so about that. That certainly there's incredible holding. It's not a casual thing. It's not a daydream. There's incredible holding, and yet you begin to recognise, you know, if I hold it too hard, if I get too localised on this, if I just hold one aspect, then there's going to be conflict. If I just hold silence, if I just hold one point in my body and that alone, then something is not, you know, uh, one doesn't have a model that can contain all the different, all the qualities and the fluctuations that can occur within one's dynamic living process. We've learned how to separate something and focus on it. And again, this is not wrong, but has its limitations. You can amplify that effect. And then you spread it over the whole field, if that's comfortable. And the easiest, best one to do is kindness, goodwill, and breathing in, breathing out. They just kind of flood the field and they help things to settle, to feel alive, to feel connected. Mm? So the breath, breathing channel, and remember I don't really mean respiration, I mean a kind of an energetic flow that with practice you can discern in the breath process, in the breathing process, that energetic flow can, does fill the entire form, the entire body, or can be encouraged to do that and then the various restrictions and constrictions and dis- unbalances start to even themselves out just through the presence of a unifying energy that just that's what it does it floods it washes through and things take their time but they begin to open and soften and change and shift and uh, it takes time but the result is a harmony and not a self not somebody who did it Mm. so not somebody who then loses it Mm. or not somebody who's got it or is good at it or is not good at it Mm. and all the various topics that concur around that experience so field effects very is a, a big thing and differentiation is wisdom Begins just that sense of it's like this now, and you might say uh, the wisdom of inquiry: How is this now? What's helpful? Just floating the suggestion into the field. The suggestion is basically a meta movement. Hmm? 
You're not saying, oh, now, you know, expect everything to be happy and comfortable. No, the very question, how is it now, that is already a meta expression, if you really mean it. How is it? That is goodwill, isn't it? Some sense of... Now we can do this process in our bodies where, you know, you have the the field of the body, that which you experience as body. Bounded by these primary elements, defined by these primary elements. Or very simply also just bounded by the form of sitting or walking or standing or reclining. That's it, it's within that. Say bounded by actions, we're avoiding certain kinds of physical actions. So you've got boundaries around that, both obvious ones and subtler ones. And within that, that, how is the whole thing? Mm. Mm. And you sort of step back or step, step off it just to survey how is this body made more steady, more comfortable? How has it felt more harmonious? I mean, negotiating a relationship with embodiment. Mm. So it's not forget it, uh, doesn't matter, or make it work. It's a different kind of relationship. What is uh, harmonious? And what's the differentiation is this quality of onlooking, detachment, dispassion, the process of insight, looking into, looking into the presence of something, anupasi. Something's happening and you're in it and you're with it, sensing it. And wherever differentiations occur within that field, the body field, some parts feel extremely activated, hyperactivated, some parts seem locked, some parts seem absent altogether, and those differentiations, you bring that quality of an open awareness with that meta tone, what's helpful, what's needed. And if breathing through, letting energy move through that, just to connect it to the rest of the body. It's very often these bodies break up into fragments whereby they, they, they isolate themselves from the whole. Your shoulder seems really locked up in itself. It's like a like a toddler sitting in the corner having a tantrum, you know. <laughs> it's kind of locked into its own little <laughs> And okay, no, come on, come into the room. Join everybody else, you know. It can be grumpy but just join the group join the group. <laughs> so here's a belly, here's a knees and join in, you know. Still grumpy, but okay, grumpy is fine. Uh, and then gradually over time, that sense of something as the grumpy bit, the contracted bit, it, it begins to recognize, oh, you're connected. You don't have to do that. And it starts to soften. Mm. And so we just maintain connection with faith with all our broken bits and pieces. And that differentiation, not in terms of a person or a single willpower 
that decides how all the members of the group are going to be in that body. Look, I want you all to sit down and be nice to each other. No? <laughs> Say, look, you're all in the body. That's the boundary. Just get to know each other and may you be well. You know? and step back and how's that? And no differentiation other than that should be, tol- should be encouraged. Yeah. Differentiation is just a differentiation of wisdom, not a differentiation of preference, like, I don't like you. <laughs> I want more of this one. I don't like this one. That's not helpful. So we encompass all the angry bits and the frustrated bits and the moody bits and the weeping bits and the stale bits within this bodily form. Now you're getting the picture, what relationship means. Oh dear. (laughs) Perhaps I should stop here. course there's also happy bits <laughs> and joyful bits and inspiring bits and comfortable bits yeah okay they're all there and it's a do it's a do do with contact really you know we negotiate contact and so that contact is aimed to just try to um establish a boundary that encompasses everything and then begin to successively release the inner boundaries, the fragmentation boundaries. And this may not be a a finger snap moment, it could take a while. So a boundary is necessary and where can boundaries be removed? We look for the unifying feature in terms of body and increasingly perhaps in terms of mind states, states of mind. This is the depressed or the miserable. This is the happy and the buoyant. This is the inspired and the eager. This is the can't be bothered. This is the don't know. Can't even name them all. There they are. Okay hold the field. <coughs> now what occurs with this is certain kinds of sankharas begin to subside, which is the sankharas, the activities based upon uh, old habits, which is, you know, uh, old karma. And the karmic tendency, you know, is when we seek the uh, common tendency is to seek something to be or to become. Generally, we seek to become the more positive, comfortable, confident states. There's that drive into that. We like to, we wish to, become our more positive, capable a- aspects, yeah, naturally. And the bits that don't seem to work, we like to not have those happen to us anymore. <laughs> 
that's nothing quite understandable, isn't it? And but then you know, in all that, all the so yeah, and they're both there. You know, we do remember we do have the the uh, skillful and the confident and the competent. Yeah, and then of course you know we do recognise to our somewhat um, sheepishly that there are bits that have just really um, quite out of it actually. Uh, maybe there's stories of things I've failed at, um, things I was no good at, you know, messed up relationships, uh, places where I just, you know, either historical things or just places sometimes you just find yourself in just sweeping into moods where you just feel, well, I don't know what's going on, just completely out of it. Mind is going somewhere, zoning out, zooming out swampy, uh, negative, um, irritable, or just deeply sad, you know. And these kind of orphans of consciousness. <laughs> yeah. You have to, you know, and then you don't want those. And so the process of healing is, uh, maybe they have something to say, so you open up. And you do have the whole field, and the tendency for meditators can be they actually then very much identify with the negative stuff. You know, we go into problem solving, which is forget all the good things I've ever done, <laughs> all the good attributes I have, and go into those negative states and try and sort it out. You know, this is my dysfunctionality, my bad temper, my addictive habits, or whatever. And then, you know, so we, we lose the field. We, meditators will often find themselves going into their negativity or their afflictions states. Because this is the stuff that I have to sort out. This is where I'm, so I'm going to get in there and sort it out. <laughs> or get clear of it or something. Because it, it does demand attention. These are the bits we perhaps haven't. Uh, been able to bring fully into consciousness, so we can find ourselves stuck making more of that, because a lot of the time we've made lo- we haven't made enough of it. <laughs> you know, we've deficit in our lives. We may very well have just constantly gravitated towards the more positive aspects and not given time to the low energy states, disappointed states, the frustrated places, and all the results of that karmic it's the karmic drive and you know so the point in in finding that is that you're not you, you know you don't always know that you identify with all the negative stuff or just make that the total you want to keep the sense of the whole field and allow you know the difficult and ne- negative stuff or the afflictive stuff to be present in the company of the rest of it so it's not like obsessing with a negative, nor is it sidelining a negative and just going into the good stuff. It's what encompasses the whole field. This is how you work out karma, rather than just create uh, good becoming, good karma. You have no, enough good karma to make it possible to, to be in the presence of the negative stuff. Certainly there's a strong recognition of there. You do need to get enough of the happiness, the comfort, the stillness, the self-respect, and so forth, to be able to open to the more difficult things. But the overall aim is, if 
but neither the good nor the bad. You want essentially the release from this. Right. <coughs> so that the, there is differentiation in terms of just detachment from those sides so that we can maintain a harmony and a connection between the skillful and the unskillful in our in ourselves or in our own minds or what seems to be our mind. Very much helps to forget the idea of my mind to say this is in the field. Because you don't need the word mine. <laughs> it doesn't not necessary and it's generally a problem. Mm. And you don't need the word other either. <laughs> it's not somebody else's fault or my fault, it's just the field. So you look at very carefully, you know, what, what don't you need? And the mind bit you don't need. Mm. Uh, so it's just this is in the field, and who knows? Who, who has to know where it came from? You don't have to know. That you don't need to know. What you do need to know is how to connect to the entire field and how to keep that balance and let it have its that harmone harmonizing have its effects. Because in the harmonizing, certain sankharas subside. And the sankharas that subside are those associated with selfhood. Mm. I am this, I'm not that. Uh, I want this, I don't want that. Mm. Certain sankharas subside. I want this, I don't want that. And on paper, it doesn't sound very significant. But in practice, it makes a big difference. Because with the subsiding of that sankharas, that sankara, that, that form, that energy, the field can unify. It's just this. And is it unit as it starts, it's, it's chaotic. It can be, or then you've got a boundary. This is mind. This is the quality of overseeing Goodwill, you know, overseeing presence, awareness, connected to the body helps to just keep the boundary so the mind doesn't start splitting up in, you know, zoning out, spinning off, and you keep it embodied. You've got that sense of a bodily presence, bearing, holding the mind. And just this. And then, of course, the sense of the body, the sense of the body energy can have its effect on sending a particular resonance, presence, groundedness, spaciousness, rhythm, you know, those qualities can then resonate through the field, mind field, mindful begins to settle a little, harmonize a little. Okay, well that doesn't really matter, that's not too much of... Oh. It's gone quiet. <laughs> it doesn't seem so intense anymore. There isn't a generation of more perceptions and feelings. There isn't the splitting off of sub-personae dealing with other personae. 
there isn't the splitting off into what I should be and could be and why they didn't and how I will. There isn't that. There isn't a rehashing of, well, but I never did this and I should have done that and they wanted this and I wasn't there. And, and you know, There isn't that. It's just, this is the field, sensitive. Mm. It's like this. There is dukkha and there's also a ceasing of it. Ceasing of the struggle and the conflict and the differentiation. This is just the field of the conditioned mind. And this awareness of that field gradually loses its conditions. It doesn't mind. It doesn't seek. It doesn't resist. It stays present. Ah, this is peaceful. This is sublime. This is the stilling of sankharas. This is the relinquishment of those acquired tendencies and habits. Dispassion. This is ceasing. This is the Nibbana property. So the, you know, the main key there is this anatta, not self, which of course you'll know, but um, can be misinterpreted, particularly uh, in, re- in, in any relational thing, not self, can be grossly and horribly misinterpreted to a kind of nihilism, an insensitivity. Uh, a dismissive, a dismission, dismissal <laughs> of, the, of the living potencies that are actually happening. We just say, oh, well, it's nobody here, doesn't matter, not self, you know. Uh, and the Buddha didn't say there is no self. He said, this condition you know, is not a, not a unified entity. It's, a, it's a, an intention, a resonance, a perception, a feeling. That's what it is. doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It's happening in the field. You can call the field a person if you like, just for the sake of uh, having a word. Yeah, a person that's reasonable has just a definition of the field, the personal field. And yeah, that's true. You could say there is a personal field which is the karma, karmic dispositions, karmic potentials, karmic acquisitions, skills and lacks of them, absences and presences. They're local differences, local subfields within a larger field of the human condition. Much easier to say a person, isn't it? (laughs) 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 So yeah, and then, so that then, mm, now, you know, I think what occurs in that in that in that field is stuff comes up that needs to be heard, as we all know. And you know, the teaching basically is, yeah, that's fine, but let's get the resources together to make it capable capable of actually hearing 
and listening and attending to that. So yeah, it's not dismissal, it's just, um, you know, creating a, an agenda. First agenda is get your skills together. And that's ongoing. And as the skills become available, then you have to use them to do the work. And by and large, we never feel we have perhaps all the skills, but you do what you can. And the point is that the distances will tend to help you develop skills. Generally, skill is developed when you've got pretty much skills and you're just taken to the edge of what you can manage and that's where you start to learn new stuff. Yeah. That's that's the edge of it, isn't it? Whatever you're doing, you're training, you come to the edge of your of your capacities and you stay there and gradually that you you can move beyond it. You don't go way beyond it, but you don't just stay in your comfort zone. You kind of extend to the edge and then that's your edge is where you're most helpful, most useful. And sometimes you just have to retract back in your comfort zone to get a refresher and then you move out again. That's the way that your karma gets resolved. Mm. So on retreat, you, you kind of recognize, honor, respect that process. And there's times when you say, not now, <laughs> enough, uh, got to you know, get my energies together and then, okay, this is what's up. And you open the field. Could be, and every day it's like that for me. You know, you say, what, what's here now? Could be body pain, could be low mental state, could be nothing special, could be happy and bright, could be a number of things. You know, there it is. Okay, that's what's there. Let's stay present with that, open to that, release the frictions around that, breathe into that, be present with that. Just quite gentle, steady. Things can shift and move, and what's helpful. Mm. Now, I think you know. Probably, it's no particular secret or betrayal of confidence to recognise that. You know, many of you or several of you experience, you know, difficulties in relationships with other people, relatives, friends. I mean, difficult could be sorrow over the loss of someone. There's some grief there or from regret. You know, perhaps that wasn't, uh, one wasn't as helpful as one would wish to have been. Or you have people who you feel you'd like to help, should help, could help, you just don't know how you can do it. Or you get, you know, people you really feel, I just can't manage this at all. And yet, they're in my field, you know, and they're in my awareness. And so, uh, and that's, uh, there's the, uh, something that a retreat is a helpful place to, to um, resolve. Mm. And when you come into that, it's a matter, first of all, of, uh, What's the unifying quality of this field? Could be sadness, could be frustration, could be a sense of regret. Okay, that's then what helps me to be with that. So widening into what's a skillful response with that. Bearing presence. And then you begin to realize as you stay present there is the listening to that regret, isn't there? 
There is the listening to that sense of grief. Mm. And then from there, how is that? And there's some sense of an empathy occurs about that experience. If we negotiate, if 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 the wall between myself and the difficult experience is separated, I allow the feeling to be what it is, stay present with it, then the lessening of that self-boundary allows uh, a harmonizing empathy to begin to do its work. And it may, shifts can occur. And this is, say, in one's own mind. And the, it may shift to the point in which you think, well, yep, that's, I feel settled, and what's arisen out of the clarity to recognize um, this is as much as I can do. <laughs> I'll stay in this. Now in terms of relationships with other people, you're going to recognize uh, you know, other people, there's, have the, they're also the dynamic processes going on, and any relationship, there's got to be more than one person, two people. So, you know, experimenting with what's it like to be them. Mm. Not that you can ever know. Just listening to them in your mind, to their, what you hear of them, their irritation, their addiction, their sorrow, whatever. Okay, that's that. And being the listening. Nothing more than that. Till the sense of having to make it, change it, fix it, block it, get away from it, that can stop. And instead the differentiation of dispassion occurs. We see it's like this now. This is called a (laughs) dysfunctional relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like this. So, yeah. And there's, there's a point where you've just feel clear about that. And there isn't this trying to make it other, regret, guilt, fear, blaming, accusations. It's, just, it's like this. And in terms of your own process, that's, that's as far as you can take it. Really. One interesting things to to just you know contemplate, uh, and we're having to a certain extent relationship to another person. So, by and large, you know, you, well, everyone has comes to spend some time with with, with me, where it's more dialogue form, relational form. This is very minimal relationship, very minimal. But then we enter into something where the relational sense is a little more parity, you know. And I kind of sit back and you bring forth what you wish and I listen and maybe something comes up or something doesn't come up and so forth. So it's just that I have no particular aim and that's, that's quite deliberate you know, because it's a different model. It's, uh, 
you know, I don't really do very much. I just listen and look at what, experience what's happening right here in my own presence and just keep opening, relaxing around that and seeing what can come up with a sense of what's useful, what's helpful. And as you, so as we come into presence in those situations, is that moment when, you know, you're encouraged to pause, recognize here's another being, and what happens? Another dynamic. It's a person, it's dynamic, it's also an another person. It's therefore an unknown. And let it be that way. With a sense there's a boundary there, of safety and respect and trust and so forth. And we have the boundary and then there's two things. There's a person, so it's obviously a dynamic, which is its own effects and responsiveness. And it's another person, <laughs> which means it's something I don't really know. Yeah. Now I can assume I wouldn't do that. But you can say, we will maintain respect. We'll maintain non-abusive, uh, non-manipulation that we can do. And then, better just, this is another. How is that? So this is what happens for myself. Mm-hmm. I feel that activation. Activation starts occurring. Presence of a dynamic. And I don't know what it is presence of a dynamic activation occurs in this being. Uh, how is that? And new serious activations uh, around contact. Contact is occurring, activation is occurring. And you know, it could be that the sort of standard things that happen are um, make something happen. Check, stop, pause. Uh, protect yourself. <laughs> okay, check, stop, pause. Uh, um, yeah. Try to get on to a point. Stop, pause. See what arises in contact. The fluctuations, the vibrancies, Hesitancies, that's okay. Hesitancies are good. Nervousness is good because it means we're sensitive and feeling out and then something starts to evolve essentially from the, uh, the yogi's perspective. Because I'm giving everything from this perspective, it's good to your perspective. And then we just hold that. Mm. And what occurs is what occurs from a place that inclines or aspires towards empathy and being what's helpful. It's never going to be an examination. It's never going to be everything is now sorted out. Check, check, check. It's just going to be a dipping into relational field, sharing empathy, letting it affect, bring up effects, feeling it, sensing it, letting the sense of an empathic field do what it does. Maybe it gives one, both of us some perspective on our attitudes or assumptions or hopes or fears or, but it has an effect. And then, okay, that's relational field.
that's not that normal. Yeah. Unfortunately, we, we recognize that requires boundaries. Uh, and conventionally speaking, in life, people are not very good at boundaries. You know, boundaries can be seen as obstructive, uh, formal, yeah, uh, starchy, rigid. No, that's not good. Uh, cold boundaries, boundaries that basically keep you locked out. <laughs> that's not a healthy boundary. So people have kinds of boundary issues, either not wanting boundaries or feeling boundaries are just walls that, that block communication. Mm. And then people have issues around boundaries because there weren't boundaries. So people get flooded, projected upon, uh, invaded, <laughs> taken over, uh, or do, do it to the other person. So it's this kind of swamping effect because boundaries weren't established. Mm. So boundaries really necessary. And the boundaries are that which maintain this is an other person. A person, dynamic, affected, carrying karma, uh, subject to very rapid moving shifts and states. Uh, it's a person, it's an another. It means something that must be negotiated with. How are you? How is it? How is this? Because it's another. So there's a, both an intimacy, because it allows an intimacy, allows a direct sense of experiencing what's happening in relationship, and yet it's also not familiar. Because yeah. we're not wishing to establish some historical person, or yeah, you just want to establish the skill of relationship. Now, when people haven't got done this, then it, what happens is contact gets very um, problematic. And by and large, what happens for people is they either create a wall of no contact, you know, shut down, almost to the point of autism, where they're completely self-enclosed. Nothing ever comes out through the door. There are no doors, <laughs> or very few. Yeah. So it's completely closed. The contact is metallic, functional. You know? And for this kind of person, then there's a huge amount of dynamic going on within that wall, within that boundary. Uh, often absorbed in their own play, their own involvements, absorbed in their karmic field, you know, swimming around in it, mashing around it, occasionally throwing a projection out over the wall onto other people. So there's this kind of contact. It's this contact, and one can sympathize with it because people erect walls because of abuse, fear, mistrust. You say, no contact is safest. Yeah. So that's definitely a, a contact problem. And yeah, you know, we, I, we all have that potential. It's part of what we can do. We do create a wall, fear, uncertainty. Okay. It comes and just let's pause with that and see if that can be understood and held in sympathy and see if that sankara in its due time can be encouraged to not needed right now. Thank you, not needed. Yeah. So always ready to shoot up, so just need, you know. 
The other kind of contact is when you're completely open all the time. This is shredded experience. This is the experience of being shredded. (laughs) And you may think it's compassionate. (laughs) It's just to be open to everything. This means you continually can't differentiate. Everything is just felt, 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 felt. And uh, with a good intention to be kind and compassionate. Mm. But the problem is that one is flooded and uh, there isn't the uh, sense of ability to say, well, that's that now, that's that's dukkha, that's suffering, that's that. And differentiation of wisdom to survey, to understand, it's like that. Mm. Not to be, so the activations can give them a chance to, to quieten down. And by and large, people suffer from both those proclivities. Either tremendous urge to be open and share and love and care for, you know, their wacky granddad, their drunken father, <laughs> so forth. <laughs> you know, this kind of thing. Because <laughs> they feel that that's beautiful. And yeah, it's got a beautiful intention with it. But then horribly caught up in trying to fix them uh, constantly giving too much attention to them, leaking out into them. You're leaking into a into a, a drain, essentially, that will take all your energy down <laughs> with it because the other person doesn't know there's another person. <laughs> the other person doesn't know there's another person. <laughs> You're just part of their system. And you've allowed that from from maybe good but uninformed intention. You haven't made that essential move. This is an another person, <laughs> and you are another person. Yeah. So there can be that whereby one swings into the the no-boundary state or swings into the heavy boundary state, which is dismissive and uh, uh, hard. And by and large, human beings tend to fluctuate between those two to some degree or another. So relationship is a very important thing to to, um, understand and to revisit what that means. Mm. To redress what that really means. Boundary, differentiation through uh, an attitude which is not about making something happen, making something agreeable, um, or making something disagreeable, not about making anything happen, just the relationship to to scan the, the field, to be aware of the field with its ripples and dissonances. And within this, where can the I am sense be discerned and now to subside? Maybe the I am sense is I am the person who solves everything. Maybe that one has to Really? You're the person who solves everything, are you? 
Oh, how wonderful. Well, we've got plenty of things for you to deal with. (laughs) 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 You're maybe the person, you're the person who can't solve anything. Yeah. Well, there's going to be plenty of effects from that one. Hmm? Or you may be the person who, this is nothing to do with me. Oh, yeah? Well, we've got news for you. It's going to keep coming in. And the effects of your distractions that start being affected on your body is going to tell you. Your tightness, your reactivity, your hardness is going to affect you. You're going to find out. It has got a lot to do. Mm. You you can't relate to others. You can't relate to your own body-mind. But relationship is not about, um, you know... uh, fixing or changing, but about just exactly what that means. There is an other person, and you begin to recognize this other person is here, this one, and it's there, it's internal, and it's external, right? It's not other, I'm me and everything else is another person. No, this is another person too. (laughs) And he says, oh, how is this other person? How is he today? Mm -hmm. What does he think he should be? What is he trying to fix or change or get away from? Mm -hmm. How is that? Mm. Could that enter the field, boundaries, presence, Goodwill, breathing in, breathing out, being here. Relax the inner boundaries. In this way, there's a unification, a harmony of the field, and also a movement through dispassion from the the engagement in the field. The movement, the Nibbana, widening, opening, into Nibbana, called emptiness, empty of self and self's machinations. So it's practice, just, um, you know, this can be very much just dealing with your own embodiment, Uh, or your mind states, Mm. here and now, or the people who come into your mind, any of that. They're all effects in the field. They're all effects in the field, the karmic field. And our time here, as, as, as we will open into a much wider field, with less boundary, you know, the field of our social, socio-cultural domain. Time to learn, you know, how to establish boundary, how to negotiate contact, how to differentiate wisdom within that. Mm. Boundary. Mm non-abuse, 
that which enables one to be present with, that which is within the field, if it's not there, there's no go. There's no go. Mm. And that, that has to be established first of all, in terms of your own body, mind, in terms of being with other people. There's no boundaries, whether explicit or understood or just clearly indicated, then they need to be sensed. The boundary of just mutual respect, another person, okay, precepts, etc. Without that, it's going to be very difficult. And most of the unfairness of that is that then most of the work you'll be experiencing uh, uh, considerable intensification on the work you have to do if other people aren't respectful of boundaries because you're going to have to deal with their dysfunction, their collusions, their ignorance. Yeah, and that's part of it. So it's it's a sense of so, you know, regret. But because the other person is not capable of establishing a clear boundary, therefore this can't go very far because most of the time I'm just dealing with my own feeling of the frustration or ducking because you're like in a tennis match with somebody bashing six balls over the net at once. You're saying, well, all I can do is just maintain presence. <laughs> and not get agitated, and that's as far as it's going to go. But if the other person does respect boundaries, there's a chance for a greater, a wider field of harmony. And it's a matter of, of gradually, through, through discernment, acknowledging what is possible in this, in this domain, in this shared experience. Um, that's as good as it gets, really. Uh, one will then understand one has cultivated skillfulness, uh, one has turned away from unskillfulness, one has contemplated the self-forming, wishing to not have this, wanting to fix it, wanting to run away from it, and one has learned to relax that, and one has worked out someone's own karma in that respect. And uh, this is the human domain, what's possible. Contemplate what happens, the moment of contact, the energies that arise, the activations that occur. Can they be open to as activations, felt, sensed? Breathe through, held in presence, so that then what opening becomes possible. Keeps it fresh, keeps it interesting. Anyone?